Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Mark is with Sean Hackett. Sean Hackett is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida. Nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So, Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Casey. Doing real good. We got the uh, post WASD report uh, rundown here with Sean, and uh, I guess Sean fireworks a little bit, not as much. There was some expectations, but not quite what they meant. But it's not like a blow the doors off. Well, as we said on your show prior, the the, the volatility in yields are so wide. We didn't think that they would make too much of a change one way or the other, and they really didn't. They move yields down corn a little bit. They move soybean yields down just a little bit. But the, the, but the market expectations were that they were going to raise mm. yields. Everyone thought that the numbers were coming in better. We didn't see that. But it was just a consensus that the markets were terrible. They were telling us something. And when it came in down and the ending stocks were on the, on the lighter side, it just caused short covering. You know, I mean, we were just so bared up going into this report um, that – the surprise or the, the the moving of yields downward, which almost everyone thought would be upwards, you, that's how you get your short covering rally, and that's what we have today. So, um, you know, that probably means the harvest lows are now starting to look more likely here, Casey. Okay. Um, the one thing that's continues to be a negative is we had a very uh, – 
at least the, the market did not like the inflation number, the CPI number that came out this morning. It came in stronger than the expectations. Uh, it, the uh, interest rates, the yields on the treasuries have really spiked today. The dollars really spiked today. You know, we were getting some reversals reversals of those patterns. And so the, the macro is very bearish today. Crude oil was up a dollar and a half. Now it's down a dollar. So the macro is still very challenging, Casey. So um, while today was a good day for grains, so long as the macro picture is going to throw headwinds uh, like it did today, I think it's going to be two steps forward. One step back, I, you know, I think we got to be just understanding that we're just not in an ideal environment for a runaway advance. And plus, at the same time, you know, to really get the grain markets really going, you need South American and specifically Brazilian weather. And it's, it's we're not going to really enter that potential till December. So, right. all right. So, as you look out for the rest of the month, here we are coming up on um, first new quarter. Right. So we've got. What we see happening here, and then you see um, some of this weather stuff that's coming through now. Um, this week, especially out where I'm at, we're going to have some cold weather, possible some snow, um, some freezing temperatures that are going to zap uh, the corn that's out there now and finish off what's there anyway. So um, dry stuff down. I guess as you're looking at, at, at the situation that we're headed to now, Sean, with this report and some of these weather events coming, do you expect to see any big um, movement in, in the overall harvest um, uh bushels per acre when we start looking at the national average well i mean the, the harvest is going to slow down here i mean we're gonna we're getting it looks like some some rains are going to come in for yeah. at least a week or two so whatever whatever hasn't been harvested yet it's going to be a, a slow moving train for a while here but um you know once again i think that the variability in the yields is not going to go away um and i just think that we're not going to really get an answer on on the crops uh you know it could take until Sometimes it takes until the June quarterly grain stocks report before the USDA actually comes clean and tells you what really happened. But yeah. I, I kind of feel we no longer are going to start. We're, we're, the, the, the crop is done. Whatever it is, it is. The market's traded what it wants to trade. Today was the last report that I think that the market would be interested in what the USDA has to say. From here on out, I really think it's just about you know um, focusing on the fact that we had a third year in a row of subpar yields. We don't have uh, what I would call excessive uh, inventories of corn and soybeans. We have ample corn. We have very tight soybeans. But in terms of you know, we're not sitting with uh, a sea of anything, and we're going into the South American season thus far with some pretty dry conditions in many, many areas. And – uh, which means some of those acres are going to get off to a poor start, and and we really need uh, Brazil to, to deliver another big crop. Uh, you know, given that the U.S. the U.S. can't seem to ever get a. I'm trying to remember the last time we had a trendline yield crop, Casey, but it's been a, quite a while. Um, so, I think that, that what that means that means that, that once the farmers are done selling off the combines, it's lock it up for next year, and uh, and any kind of worry over Brazil, which we think is likely. Given the Linea Mordecai and the rest, you know, would suggest that the uh, upside uh, weather premium that would need to be put back on to corn, soybeans, and wheat, but based upon that, um, you know, could be considerable. In the meantime, it it looks to us like the harvest low season or the harvest pressure season is behind us now. Okay, um, as you take a look at um, 
some of these pressures that we're seeing in, in the cattle market. And do you, are you anticipating this as a correction or kind of doing something where we're hitting that low now and we're going to start moving things forward? Or what's your thoughts there as we take a look at this, this long-term um, pattern right now in, in cattle? So long as we don't have a financial crisis, okay, or, you know, some tremendous economic uh, debacle, uh, I, I view this as more of a, of a, of a correction of a quarter or maybe two quarters. Uh, then, 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 then we'll be led to a renewed move, probably retesting the highs, maybe making some new highs. But, you know, I, I kind of view it as a temporary pause. Uh, we still have to rebuild the herd. We still have to um, – we're still going to have very tight, constrained supplies. Um, yes, demand's weakening. Yes, uh, cash beef prices are backing off. But, um, you know, if they come down enough, the – as long as, like I said, as long as the, the U.S. economy is not crashing, they'll renewed buying will come back, and they'll and people will start viewing some of these lower prices as an opportunity to to increase their demand. So um, I don't think this is uh, the end all be all, but at the same time, I still think it's a correction that has further to go and could carry over into the first part of next year before um, you know we, uh, we we trade and the second round of tightness. The one thing that I would be worried about um if brazil gets into trouble with weather especially second crop corn and we get a big surge in corn prices that typically is not very constructive for the feeder cattle market right so another reason for the market to correct beyond weakening demand would be that we get a big surge in corn feed prices that sets the um feeder cattle market down sometime in the first half. So I'd be definitely be watching, you know, the weather for Brazil for that reason. And if La Nina comes back with a vengeance um, as we think it's going to, and we have some sort of a La Nina, a partial La Nina growing season next year, at least, I mean, Strout's back again, Casey. The hot, dry weather's back. We're not going to get rid of it. This year, we actually had a cooler weather until the, the very end, but mm-hmm. – that that doesn't hot dry drought western drought. I mean that's not going to help rebuild that herd. In fact, you could get more liquidation again. Yeah. So I just think you got to you have you have to be very mindful that the cattle market's got a lot of um, moving pieces, a lot of uh, back and forth pieces that depending on how they play out. But I I think that the it's never easy money. But I think that the runaway move to the upside. Day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out. I think we're done with that. And and in order for us to, um, you know, get something, you know, more than a back and forth action, which is what we think is going to happen, you would really need to, um, you really need to get the economy rocking and rolling again. I think. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that can't happen, but it just doesn't look like that's in the cards, at least through. Uh, the first half of next year it just seems like there's too many headwinds in front of us with interest rates, with um, strong dollar, with the uh, disposable income, uh, 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 you know, credit cards exceeding a trillion dollars for the first time in history. You know, people just seem to be just spending; they've run out of money. Um, you know, and typically that means that that the that the consumer economy, which is seventy percent of the U.S. economy. He's, he's going to struggle here for a little while. So that's kind of what's up, what keeps us up 
at night on the cattle market that and why we want to continue to uh, protect you know these prices at these higher levels because stranger things have happened and should a rogue wave come along that no one can predict but we've seen many many rogue waves since sure. since uh, <laughs> since 1997 yeah. we had the financial we had the, the the Asian currency crisis we had September 11 attacks. We had the 08 financial crisis. We had the European banking crisis in 14. We had, and then of course we had the COVID crisis. I mean, I've just named five or six crises that all made asset risk asset markets, you know, kind of collapse for a little while before money yeah. printing came back and everything else. And I'm not predicting that's going to happen again, but it could. Right. And when you have a price that works, that's profitable, that's being offered to you. And you're in uh, the business of uh, of obviously bringing more money home on the farm, given all those potential risks. You know, like I said, I just would continue to want to make sure that I watched the money home on the farm. The upside, you're always, always gonna on the. You're always, you know, as a cattle producer, you always need to sell. It's and so if the price goes back up later in the year in twenty four. You're going to have more cattle to sell at the high levels, and you're going to be fine. But if you have a schism and something goes wrong, and we have a something really bad happens, and we get just the, you know the Dow drops, stocks fall 30, 40, or 50 percent from the highs, cattle's probably not going to be in the 180s. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I, I'm not. You know, we don't know where it would be, but but that kind of a scenario would probably cause the speculators to fully liquidate cattle market and you just don't want to be forced to having to sell at a loss when you're being given the opportunity to sell you know cash sell your your cattle at profits for an extended period of time you know i know we've talked about this over and over again and i don't want to you know be the dead horse to death of course but sometimes it's worth repeating uh to get the to get, you know to get the point across yeah so yeah a lot of stuff going on right now and, and it seems like you know, we, we've, there's been black swans throughout history, obviously, that popped up. But it seems like the frequency and the uh, magnitude of the black swans that we've seen since since 2019 have been been really big. So, and, and, and let's, let's take let's just say tomorrow we wake up and somebody bombed the hell out of the refineries of Saudi Arabia. Let's just say that happened, and, and oil prices go up. 50% from here. They go back to $1.30 where they were before. That's probably not going to be good for disposable income no. globally and in the United States to afford <clears throat> beef on the table when you're already are borrowing money because you don't have enough. Right. So so that's just one one example of something that's certainly possible. That could easily just just totally be a vacuum for disposable income mm-hmm. for people to say, you know what, I love beef, but I, that's just we're just not going. We're holding, we're pull, pulling back on that for now, and we're going for you know rice, bread, and and some uh, and right. some uh, oatmeal, you know. So yep, yep, for sure, for sure. So Sean, you got a you got a got a big announcement, man. You're on you're on the RFD TV now on on the regular. I've been very fortunate to be uh, given opportunities to uh, be on that show every Wednesday afternoon now, one forty-five, um, and and be with uh, be with them. He's yeah. he's someone that I've followed for a long time, and obviously uh, uh, a unique uh, uh, interviewer. 
and um, and somebody that uh, is is widely followed. So I'm I'm very fortunate that someone who subscribes to our reports uh, found it in their heart to spread to spread the good word about what we're doing. So yeah, that's that's, that's awesome, a pretty man. cool thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited for you, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. have a reason to watch now. So that's that's good times. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, buddy. Well, congratulations on that, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Folks want to reach out to you, get more information about what you're doing. What's the best way to do that? Our uh, our uh, Twitter page is at Faradix11. Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. You know, we put out from time to time some interviews and some uh, tidbits about our cycles, our statistics, our correlations, and how we make our weather forecasts and some of our capital flow work. So that people can can kind of see if the way we look at the world of agriculture in terms of price forecasting um, might be a value to those watching your show. Awesome, man. Well, Sean, appreciate all that you do, man. I appreciate you coming on uh, here, kind of last minute here with uh, after the after the market. So, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. And we'll uh, catch you next week. Sounds good, Casey. Talk to you soon. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the YouTube channel over there at the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. It's, you know, shocking how clever that is. So check that out. Go over there. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. Got some big announcements coming up here over the next couple of months. And we got a new website coming out as well. Hopefully that'll be up here sooner than later. So with that, I am Casey Seymour. We're Sean Hackett. Let's move some iron, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.